This episode of the OrthoBullets podcast will go over the topic of immunology from the basic science section on orthobullets.com. There are two types of immune responses to know, the innate response and the acquired response. An innate response is not specific to a type of immunological challenge. It represents the immune response which does not have memory. For example, anatomic barriers like the skin, inflammation, and the complement cascade. The innate response recognizes structures common to multiple microbes. It is found in nearly all forms of life. Cells of the innate response include natural killer cells, mast cells, eosinophils, basophils, and phagocytic cells like macrophages, neutrophils, and dendritic cells. The acquired response is a portion of the immune response which has memory. It occurs in a pathogen and antigen-specific mechanism. It requires antigen processing and presentation. The acquired response is performed by antigen-presenting cells, or APCs. B cells and dendritic cells are two examples of APCs. The APC breaks down the protein antigen in a multitude of enzymatic reactions and presents key peptide sequences via the major histocompatibility complex, or MHC, receptors. Once presented on the surface of the APC, the T-cell receptor recognizes the MHC-slash-antigen complex prior to T-cell activation. The cells of the acquired response include CD8 T-lymphocytes, T-helper cells, delta-gamma T-cells, and B-cells as well as plasma cells. Now let's go over the types of immunological reactions, and there are four types to know. Type 1 is an immediate anaphylactic reaction, which is associated with allergy and is mediated by IgE antibody activation of mast cells and basophils. A type 2 immunological reaction is an antibody-dependent, aka cytotoxic, hypersensitivity. This reaction is mediated by IgG and IgM antibodies. A type 3 immunological reaction is an immune complex that is antigen-bound to antibody, deposition type of hypersensitivity. This is mediated by IgG and IgM antibodies, which when bound to antigen, get deposited in various tissues. And finally, a type 4 immunological reaction is a delayed type or cell-mediated hypersensitivity. It is mediated by T-cells, monocytes, and macrophages. It takes several days to develop, and examples include the tuberculosis skin test and the immune response to metallic orthopedic implants, which is typically a type 4 or delayed type hypersensitivity reaction. This has been a tested point on previous exams, so I'll say it again. The immune response to metallic orthopedic implants is typically a type 4 or delayed type hypersensitivity reaction. Now let's quickly go over the immunoglobulin types. There is IgG, which is the most abundant immunoglobulin, IgM, which is the first class of antibody to appear in our serum after exposure to an antigen, IgA, which is the major class of antibody in external secretions, for example, intestinal mucus, bronchial mucus, saliva, and tears, and IgE, which is important in conferring protection against parasites and allergic reactions. Finally, let's talk about immunologic variations, specifically benign ethnic neutropenia. This is the most common neutropenia in the world, and approximately 25-50% to 50 of people of African descent and some subgroups in the Middle East are found to have low absolute neutrophil counts, or ANC, without increased infection risk. 
This has been a tested point on previous exams, so I'll say it again. Approximately 25 to 50 percent of people of African descent and some subgroups in the Middle East are found to have low absolute neutrophil counts without increased infection risk. An absolute neutrophil count of less than 1.5 times 10 to the 9th cells per liter is considered, quote, abnormally low without clear clinical evidence. 4.5 percent of African Americans, 0.79 percent of white Americans, and 0.38 percent of Mexican Americans are below this absolute neutrophil count. Benign ethnic neutropenia is also more common in males versus females, athletes versus non-athletes, and children under the age of 5. Okay, so now that we've gone over the major points about this topic, let's go over a few questions to apply the information and get a sense of how this topic has been tested on past exams. The first question reads, Which of the following cells are not components of the innate immune system? And the choices are 1. Dendritic cells 2. Natural killer cells 3. Basophils 4. CD8 T lymphocytes and 5. Neutrophils The correct answer to this question is for CD8 T lymphocytes. So CD8 positive T lymphocytes are not part of the innate immune system. To quickly review, innate immunity refers to nonspecific defense mechanisms that come into play immediately or within hours of an antigen's appearance in the body. The cells of this system include natural killer cells, mast cells, eosinophils, basophils, and phagocytic cells such as macrophages, neutrophils, and dendritic cells. Metal-on-metal bearing reactivity is related to the innate immune response that is cell-mediated. Adaptive immunity refers to antigen-specific immune response. The adaptive immune response is more complex as the antigen must first be processed and recognized. After antigen recognition, the adaptive immune response creates an army of immune cells specifically designed to attack that antigen. Adaptive immunity includes, quote, memory that makes future responses against the same antigen more efficient. The cells of this system include CD8-positive T lymphocytes, T helper cells, D-gamma T cells, B cells, as well as plasma cells. Landgraber et al. reviewed the pathology of orthopedic implant failure. They found that aseptic loosening is primarily mediated by the innate immune system. Macrophages respond to wear debris with both damage, otherwise known as damage-associated molecular pattern, or DAMP, and pathogen cytokine signaling, otherwise known as PAMP, or pathogen-associated molecular pattern. Macrophage cytokines include IL-1A, IL-1-beta, IL-6, IL-10, IL-11, IL-15, TNF-alpha, TGF-alpha, GMCSF, MCSF, PDGF, and EGF. Moving on to the next question, a healthy patient undergoes routine preoperative laboratory testing and is found to have a leukocyte count of 1.5 times 10 to the 9th cells per liter. When the historical records are examined, this is found to be the patient's baseline level over a period of years. Which of the following statements is most likely to be true? And the choices are 1. The patient is at significantly higher risk of surgical infection. 2. The patient is more likely to be of African than of European descent. 3. The patient is more likely to be of European than of Middle Eastern descent. 4. The patient is more likely to be a non-athlete than an athlete. And 5. The patient is more likely to be a female than a male. The correct answer to this question is 2. The patient is more likely to be of African than of European descent. 
So the clinical presentation is consistent with benign ethnic neutropenia, a condition in which a patient has chronic, benign, inborn, and lifelong absolute neutrophil counts below the population mean. This condition is found in the United States to be most common in African Americans, some groups of Middle Eastern patients, males, children under 5 years old, and athletes compared to non-athletes. To quickly review, a standardized level at present for abnormally low absolute neutrophil count, or ANC, is below 1.5 times 10 to the 9th cells per liter. However, this may not have clinical or scientific relevance as a cutoff point, particularly in the affected ethnic groups. Fewer than 1% of all populations have absolute neutrophil counts of less than 1.0 times 10 to the 9th cells per liter. Most patients in the affected ethnic groups with low absolute neutrophil counts and no associated history or symptoms are not expected to have any increased risk of infection or adverse effect. Smoking was also associated with higher leukocyte and neutrophil counts, but proportionally lower increase in African-American patients. One hypothesis for the increased prevalence of benign ethnic neutropenia in patients of African descent is a theorized evolutionary protection against malaria, though it remains unclear if this is causal or just correlative. Moving on to the next question. A type 4 or delayed type hypersensitivity reaction can be seen in which of the following scenarios? And the choices are 1. Packed red blood cell transfusion. 2. Platelet transfusion. 3. Immune inert scaffold placement. 4. Metal plate and screw placement for fracture, and 5. Redman syndrome from vancomycin administration. The correct answer to this question is 4. Metal plate and screw placement for fracture. So a type 4 or delayed type hypersensitivity reaction can be seen with placement of orthopedic hardware. Type 4 hypersensitivity is often called delayed type hypersensitivity as the reaction takes 2 to 3 days to develop. Unlike the other types, it is not antibody-mediated, but rather is a type of cell-mediated response. Halab et al. note that a triple assay is more sensitive than a single assay and may have a role in future investigation in this arena. They mentioned that no true gold standard has been established for workup of these patients in regards to possible metal sensitivities. Moving on to the next question. The acquired immune response mediated by the interaction between the T-cell receptor and major histocompatibility complexes require which of the following first steps? And the choices are 1. Antigen phagocytosis by T-cells 2. Antigen processing and presentation to T-cells 3. Antigen recognition by natural killer T-cells 4. Antigen proliferation by polymerase chain reaction and 5. T-cell disulfide bond cleavage and enzymatic processing The correct answer to this question is 2, antigen processing and presentation to T-cells. So the process of antigen processing and presentation is the first step of the acquired immune response. This is performed by the so-called antigen presentation cells, or APCs, of which B-cells and dendritic cells are two examples. The APC breaks down the protein antigen in a multitude of enzymatic reactions and presents key peptide sequences via the major histocompatibility complex receptors. Once presented on the surface of the APC, the T-cell receptor recognizes the MHC-slash-antigen complex leading to T-cell activation. At no point in this process are antigens phagocytosed by T-cells. Natural killer T-cells are involved in this sequence, but not for antigen processing and presentation. 
polymerase chain reaction is a laboratory tool used to amplify nucleic acids. Finally, disulfide bond cleavage is a step involved in the APC's antigen processing reaction and does not occur in T-cells. And moving on to the last question, what is the first class of antibody to appear in serum after exposure to a foreign antigen? And the choices are 1, IgA, 2, IgD, 3, IgE, 4, IgG, and 5, IgM. The correct answer to this question is 5, IgM. So IgM is the first class of antibody to appear in our serum after exposure to an antigen. IgG is the most abundant immunoglobulin in our body. IgA is the major class of antibody in external secretions such as intestinal mucus, bronchial mucus, saliva, and tears. IgE is important in conferring protection against parasites and is also increased in allergic reactions. The role of IgD is not known. That's all for this review about immunology. Hopefully that was helpful. This is the OrthoBullets podcast, a daily audio review session by OrthoBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for orthopedic surgery education. If you've gotten any value out of the OrthoBullets podcast so far, please consider leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks so much, and we'll see you all tomorrow.